Welcome to track number 8 of Victory Laodicea. Calculate that one ton is two hundred thousand rand, four hundred, six hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand, one million rand. So just the five fingers is one million. These other five is one million. So how much is an arm? And then a leg. And then the heart. And the kidneys. And the liver and the spleen. Small intestine and large intestine. Lungs and then the head, the head, the eyes. Just a thumb was twenty four hundred thousand. So you are worth more. So when God calls you, it's higher than giving you money. It's higher, higher. If I look at how much money I would have earned as a doctor in America until now, it's far more than I would have ever given. If I was working as a doctor and I was giving tithes and offering and helping people and so on, there's nothing like that. After years that I've been serving, all that is the ministry. It's higher than any amount of money that you ever give. If you've got a problem with giving, you've got a problem. You cannot be trusted with much. The Bible says if you cannot be trusted with someone, who will trust you with true riches? True riches is the anointing. If you can't handle money, how about real, real power? As I was standing on the stage, there's somebody saying, I was blind, I can see. That's real power. Nobody can explain it. Nobody can, can, can refute it. It's there. It's real power. It's nothing you can buy. You can't buy it. Before I started out in the healing ministry, I was in Geneva. And some people had bought a car for me. Now I was in New York. And I was going somewhere, and some people had bought a car for me. And when I got to New York, the Lord told me that when I came to that place where the people have bought a car, I should not accept the car. I have to give the car back. And he told me that it was a beautiful car that the guy from my Beautiful car. I really liked it. And he said to me, I'm going to give you something more valuable than anything that money can buy. But I didn't know that it was a healing anointing. Because I had not yet started going there. It's more valuable. It changes your whole ministry from something to another level altogether. And the Lord said to me, I'm going to give that something to you. So, when I went to that church, they had gathered 11,000 dollars. They were going to gather more. I took the money and said, I want to give it back to you. And you see, there were some very beastly people in the church who had given me money, who were talking rubbish. And the Lord wanted, didn't want this car at all to be bought. But I gave it. Everybody, come for your money. Unless you want to take it, I'll put it up. Come for your money. I knelt down in front of them. I said, thank you for all your gifts and all that. God bless you. There are things that are more valuable than money. Oh, yeah. Money must not be precious to you. Otherwise, you can't work for God. Recently, we bought a building, 1.45 million U.S. dollars. Cash. <laughs> cash. Not credit, not every month you pay whatever. If I am writing checks to such an amount, if I want really want to steal, I could steal. 
of the government people. That's why everybody's afraid of the government. They are all the corruption everywhere. If you really want to steal, you can steal. If God cannot trust you with one dollar and one rand and one pound, how can he trust you with a million? That's why he will test you all the way and try you with all these one dollar and five dollars and one rand and ten rand and twenty rand. See whether you'll be faithful. Because if you're not faithful with that, you will not be faithful with true riches. When true riches come, you won't do it. That's why tithing is important. First and best, 10%. How much do you earn? How much do you have? How much comes into your hand? What is given to you? What benefit comes to you? 10% of that is not for you. It's for God. Amen. And if you don't give it, you've got a problem. Because it's your God. And you can't release it. And it's a trap. Say God's Tara, I think you should stand up. God's enemy in the world is not Satan. No. Otherwise, Jesus would have said, you cannot serve God and Satan. No, he said, you cannot serve God and Mammon. The challenger for God, what makes you get up? What makes you sacrifice? What makes half of these people come to camp late? What makes us do the things that we do? Mammon. Not Satan. Mammon. Money. Job. Work. You are going to leave, isn't it? And go to work and come. Oh. No, you are not leaving. You are not. You are not. But you are going to. Yeah. What makes you drive? The money. Imalete. Huh? Chelete. 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 go. I can't do. I have to come here. I have to do this. I've got to leave. I've got to come. I've got what is all money? It's all money. It's all money. That's what makes us people move. That's the challenge of God. Jesus would have told us clearly, we cannot serve God and Satan. He never said that. He said, we cannot serve God and money. Mammon. That's the real challenge. So you got a problem with tithing. Our church, this church in South Africa must rise up and pay the bills. I got a whole lot of guys. We are sending them to Zambia, sending them Botswana. The, the church here must pay for it. Amen. Otherwise, you are you are ashamed to yourselves. I said, otherwise, you are ashamed to yourselves. How do you think we all came to be where we are? Somebody's been paying. Somebody's been paying. People pay the price. People pay the price all the time. I've got a millionaire's club. I call them. I say, pay for this, pay for that, pay for that. People give tithes and offerings. Otherwise, we are ashamed to ourselves. We can't pay for the work of God to be done. Amen. Are you listening to me? Oh, yeah. We have to be able to send missionaries and pay for instruments. Instruments is nothing. He said we need what here? Keyboard and what? Write everything that we will buy it at the camp. This camp meeting, we are buying it. Write the list down. And, and the prices. Bass, guitar, cordless, mic. Well, it's a shame. You have a church with over 200 people that we, we are saying, we need cordless mic, we need microphone, we don't have microphone. Who is going to give you my white man? You see, many people say, we don't have money. We don't do this. We don't do. Let me tell you something. The people who say they don't have money, first of all, they, they are saying they don't have money for that, but not that they don't have money. 
Number two, if people were to pay their tithes, there would be no need of any fundraising. But most people don't pay their tithes. How many realize what I'm saying? Not you, but somebody you know. Right, right, raise up your hand. Yeah. yeah. Most people don't. If they were to pay, they never talk about money. There will be no struggle at all. Everything will just work out. If you don't pay your tithes, you have a major problem with the Lord. And God wants to cure that problem. He wants to heal you. He wants to move you on further. We are, I'm going to do fundraising here for you, instrument for you to hear. I'm not taking the money anywhere. Pay, we are coming to raise money here for you. Yeah. You need things for Sunday school. Yes. It's a shame. Somebody pays for everything that we do. And if we are not prepared to pay, then we are not prepared to have the ministry that we have. And now, if we don't pay, the thing will stop. And that's why I say that the ministry has a great price. It has a price with money. And where money is a problem, we've got a problem. Where people say, I don't have enough money so I can't give. Take Ghana. I've been saying Africa. We've been receiving aid, gifts, donations. What has it done for us? We are poorer than we ever have been. The black people here must be careful. Because many of the black people feel that they've been deprived by the whites. Is that how you say white? Careful now. And that because of the whites, the blacks don't have certain things. But that's a mistake. And so they feel that things should be given to them. Careful. Many people are confused. <laughs> I have come to see that in giving, are you listening to me? To people all the time who don't give, they become poorer. I didn't used to believe it. But I've come to see, i come to Ghana, that the minimum wage in Ghana in 1993 was $3. Huh? $3. Huh? $3 a day. Yeah. I'm saying that's what it was in Ghana. Today, eight years later, it is 60 cents a day. US dollars. We have received billions of dollars as gifts, aid, grants, loans, this. It's not making us richer, it's making us poorer. Because Jesus said, it is more blessed or advantageous to give than to receive. Now the white people who have been sending the money from Germany and America, they are getting richer and richer. The Dow Jones is going up and the All Share Index is going up and this is going up and this is going And we are going down, down, down. As we are receiving, receiving, receiving. They come and build toilets for us. Toilets to poo-poo. They come and build toilets for us. It's unfortunate. Sad. Roads they built for us. Everything. You people here, you, you, you blame apartheid for a whole lot of things. But if you come to Ghana, you see that the same length of time that we have had uh, independence is the same length of time that you've had apartheid. And you come and see. It's a wonderful thing. The same length of time. If apartheid destroyed you, then I don't know what independence has done for us. 
I mean, if this is distraction, come and see something. <laughs> if this is the distraction of apartheid, then I want you to come and see independence for the same length of time. It's just a sample. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> apartheid was an unfortunate law. There was no need to make that law. The world is already apart. <laughs> oh, yeah. The rich are already here, the poor are already here. Black are already here, white are already here. There was no need to make it a law. It was a very bad thing. Amen. Secondly, people say, I have too much to give. <laughs> if I give that, it will be too much. Because yeah. maybe I'm a doctor and it's like Dr. Kluge said, it's a doctor, so you know, there's too much money to pay tithe. <laughs> Careful. Hey, you, you don't understand giving. You are in a very unfortunate state of mind. God never intended everybody to be the same. He has blessed some people with more than others. And the Bible says that so that they that collected more would give more than those who gathered less. I've come to see if I want to do fundraising. I will not ask you. I want 30 people to give 1,000 rands. No. I may expect two people to give 10,000 rands each. And three people to give 5,000 rands. And four people to give 200 rands. And 100 people to give 100 rands. That's how it is. It is never everybody giving the same. It's nothing, there's nothing like that anywhere. One day we were building a stage. And I, I needed 6000 I think it was about $6,000 to build a stage. I said, I want whatever. And I said, I want, one, I think $1,000 was 1 million CDs. I said, I want 6 million. Anybody who's giving less than a million, I'm not interested. I want million CDs only to give. I had different people giving one to, the, I think, four, four or five people. But one man came and paid for the whole stage. He said, here's the money. Here's a check for 6,000 pounds or whatever for the check. He said, I'm building the stage myself. That's it. That's all. I said, that's all. God never intended everybody to be the same. I needed computers. I spoke to a brother who had computers in church. He said, how do you have many computers do you need? I said, I need computers. He said, how many computers do you need? I said, I need eight computers. He said, okay, I'll give you one every month. Yeah, I'll give you one every month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You may not know, but there are people who write checks. They give in different countries. There are some, and God uses all these people to donate, to build, to do things, to do the work of God. Thank God for all these people. And so God is expecting us to give. And he will call on you to give and to give and to give again. It's time for us to give here in South Africa. It's time for us to give more than we have been given. Otherwise, we are not worthy to have him in the church here. If pastor, your pastor were to be full-time, it's a time. You see, he drives to work 80 kilometers every time. Huh? 160 kilometers a day 
not heard of it before. For you, for you to be here, 160, 80, 80. If he were to have to be full time, would there be enough money in the church to pay him? I wonder. I don't think so. Uh, would that be? No. It's unfortunate. <laughs> but there should be enough money. Because sometimes you have 250 people in church, 280 people in the church. How can you not have enough money to pay a pastor? There are churches which are smaller, which have full-time pastors. God is expecting much more of you. France, God is expecting more of you. And if we don't do that, we want anointing. Nothing like anointing is coming anywhere. <laughs> anointing is going anywhere. Because you cannot be trusted with those riches if you have not been trusted with mammon who is going to give you real riches, the true gold. Real gold? I said real gold. I said real gold. If you don't pay tithes, regularly. Stand up and let me pray for you. You don't pay tithes regularly. Stand up and let me pray for you. Okay, let's pray. Father, look at everyone that is standing here. I commit them into your hands. On their behalf, I pray for them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Forgive them, Lord. And use them, Lord. Let them overcome every difficulty with pain of time. Let it be something past in their past. But Lord, regularly use them. Help them to give. To do what is their due that they may be blessed in this land. Thank you for your blessing on their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you still around? Yeah. Amen. God wants to take us higher. Money is the least. Money is nothing. Money is nothing. Haven't you seen rich people who become nothing? <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. How many steps do you have to the anointing? Step number one. Step number two. Follow the man of God closely. Step number three. Take the words of the anointed man seriously. Step number four. Pay the price for the anointing. Amen. Are you ready to pay the price for the anointing? Are you ready to pay the price for the anointing? Lift your hands and say, Lord, anoint me with fresh oil. I want to be anointed. I want to be used. I want to be a vessel that you work through. Touch me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Anoint me, Lord, with the anointing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Step number five. You must be loyal. Now, Elisha was faithful to Elijah. Amen. He worked with Elijah faithfully for many years. Everybody left Elijah and he was left with Elisha. Amen. He understood that wonderful principle. Are you listening to me? Are you still around? He understood that wonderful principle. He was faithful. 
Now you people need to be faithful and loyal. And that can take us into a whole area. <laughs> Before we can be anointed. Hallelujah. But I think we'll just take a break. Amen. For you to freshen up. How many want a break? All right. The new people want a break already? <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> going to continue and we are looking at the next key to catching the anointing. Amen. And that key is the key of loyalty. Amen. Now, loyalty is a very, very important thing. Amen. And um, what do you call it? I want to give you so we are, we are just going into loyalty a little bit. Then we will come back out of it. Alright. Now. Four, five reasons why loyalty is important. Reason number one. To be loyal means to be faithful. Is that not so? It means to be reliable. Amen. And it means to have a um, faithful spirit. Hallelujah. So loyalty is a principal qualification for everyone who wants to be involved with the work of the Lord. All right. So that's the first reason. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. What does it say? Let a man so account of us as ministers of Christ. Amen. Ministers of the gospel. As ministers of the gospel. Alright. What does it let's all read it together? Ready go? Huh? Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Amen. That a man be found faithful. Hallelujah. Now that word faithful is the word for loyalty. Is that not so? And faithfulness means that you are reliable, loyal. And God is trying to show us that as we are loyal to him, all right, we will or can be qualified for his work. It is required. Everybody say required. required. It is a requirement. Now, for instance, if you want to study uh, engineering in the university, what do you need to do at matric? Maths and physical science. If you want to study medicine, maths, biology, physical science. All right? So it is a requirement. If you want to study philosophy or political science, what do you need to do at metric? History and what else? English, communication. Is that not so? These are qualifications. Hallelujah. Can we have one meeting, please? Uh, these are qualifications for becoming a doctor or a philosopher or whatever you want to be. Amen. Are you still in the church? Amen. Now, what are the qualifications for becoming a pastor? Do you have to be fleshy? Do you have to be 
pompous? Do you have to be able to speak a lot? No. Do you have to be nice to people? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, the Bible is telling us here, it is required in stewards that a man be faithful, loyal. I have several pastors in the church, almost more than 200 pastors. And by the grace of God, these are all wonderful people. But the qualification, most important for me with experience, is that they should be faithful. I don't want to have a church with an unfaithful and disloyal pastor. I prefer not to have that church. So that is why I would prefer to allow somebody else. I prefer not to have that church started. It would give me too many problems. Disloyal people waste your time. I had a pastor once in one country. I'll not mention any other country. He was so mad in the church. He helped the church and so on. We bought instruments, generator, blah, blah, blah. One day we sent somebody there to go and see what was going on. There was no instrument in the church. <laughs> there was no instrument in the church. And then there was uh, the generator was also not there. He had sold the instrument. And he sold the generator. And we went and found the instruments in another church. He had sold the instruments. You get it? And uh, one day we went there, and he himself was not even in the church anymore. He had gone somewhere else. So I prefer not to have such a person starting a church in Bloomfontein, or starting a church in Port Elizabeth, or starting a church in Taung, or starting a church in uh, Northern Province, Secunda. I don't, I don't need it. You get what I'm saying? We don't need it. If you can be a loyal person and a faithful person, then we can work with you. If you don't want to be loyal, then it's no, it's no point. You get it? So the first important requirement that we need from you is loyalty and faithfulness. You must be faithful. You must be reliable. Faithful means reliable. What does reliable mean? It means that when I turn my back, what you will say, I can depend. Reliable means rely. Faithful trustworthy I can I'm sure that you will not say anything behind my back that you wouldn't say to me that's a faithful person if when Pastor Clufio turns his back you say things about him that you wouldn't say to him you are not faithful and you are not loyal if you turn to your brother and you say something in your language about your pastor and you know that he does not understand and you are saying something bad about him or saying something funny. You get it? You are not a faithful person. Careful. Careful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You are not a faithful. You don't have a faithful spirit. Do you know why Lighthouse has been able to grow? Because, because we have faithful, loyal people working not particularly gifted in any special area that they are so talented or they have some special something there's nothing like that just faithful people 
since I came to South Africa, I've not gone to into accounts to see whether Pastor Clovio is stealing money. I think he's a faithful person. I don't think he's going to steal. I don't, he does not even care to me. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. No, it doesn't does does occur to me. I, I can you imagine? I have so many places I have to go and check accounts. <laughs> I mean, we have we have an accountant who checks all these things. But I'm saying that if I have, everywhere I go, these are the things I'm thinking. I can't even think of the work, the real work, because I'm, I'm I, I come as a spy. Yes, and an auditor trying to check things. You know, if I come in, I'm trying to find out from them. So when I, what did Pastor Clifford say about me when I went away? So what did he say? What does he say? You know, I, what is that? We can't work. It's difficult. So we need it. That's why God has said it's the requirement. It's necessary for you to be faithful. You must not say anything in your language about your pastor when you know that he cannot understand. And I, for instance, I believe that in a church, right, I mean, well, this is, uh, 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 um, what do you call it? I believe that it is rude. Or not even that it is rude, but it is not right. I was in London once. They wrote a big signboard in the, in the tube, in the underground train. They said, do not speak loudly in a foreign language when others cannot understand. Because if I'm with you and suddenly I speak in a language, I always used to tell my wife, because my wife speaks a different language uh, from me. And I didn't understand her language when sometimes I go and visit her family members and it's like they're all saying something. I said, what, 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 are, what are you saying? I don't know what you're saying. I don't like it. You get what I'm saying? And I, don't, I don't feel. So sometimes I tell her, like, look, it's not right. It's not, it's not fair. You get what? What's the joke, man? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Are you there or you've gone home? Amen. Yeah. Amen. So I am saying something that we need to be loyal people, faithful, that what you say is what you say. Your mind is good mind. Because my mind towards you is a good mind. Amen. Look, I don't need more churches. In, for, and it, doesn't, it won't do anything to me. If I have more or less, per se. You understand? Because that is not what God is going to judge me on. God is going to judge me that I've been faithful. If you ask me to say this and do this, I did it. And that's whether you start the church or not, that's you and God. But I've done my part. So I've already got my share from your work. You are the one who didn't do it. So that's up to you. Amen. We, We don't need more problems. We need more solutions and more faithfulness more loyalty harmony amen it may be a little different but it may be there may be differences but it's the same thing amen. let's try that give me dough in the in the uh, uh, auto in the uh, tre- treble treble dough. somebody give you give me the auto the or or, or give us a, a melody a short song um, uh, the Lord has done great things for us. Okay, how's the altar for that? The Lord has done great things for us. Okay, so who can sing the altar? Who knows how to sing? Do you people know how to sing? <laughs> who can sing the tenor? 
I want one person who can sing the tenor. Can you sing the tenor? Stand up, sing the tenor for us. Let's hear. The Lord has done great things for us. The Lord has done great things for us. You know the thing? That's a melody. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, come and give it to us. Come and give it to us. Yes, give us the, the melody. Okay. The soprano be. The Lord does some great things for us. The Lord does some great things for us. The Lord, the Lord does some things for us. And the author is. The Lord does some great things for us. The Lord does some great things for us. The Lord has Miranda. Miranda, beautiful. Miranda. The, the tenors. The Lord has some great things for us. You can do that. Can you do that? Yes. Sing it, let's hear. The Lord has. The Lord, the Lord. Sing it, sing it, but. The Lord. No, this is the tenor. The Lord has done great things for us. <laughs> okay, I'll sing the tenor. <laughs> okay, who's going to do the bass? The bass. The Lord has done great things for us. Has done great things for us. Who's going to do that? Fran said it. What's his name? McAvin. Yes. Yes. The Lord. Miranda, pick a mic. You cannot do the bass. The Lord. I want the bass. Try the bass. The Lord. The Lord is that great dream through us. <laughs> we are not getting anybody to do the bass. I'll sing the bass. If somebody can do the tenor, I'll do the bass. The Lord, the Lord. The Lord. The Lord, the Lord has done great things for us. No, no, no. The Lord has done great things. No, that the Lord has done great, has done great. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord has done great things for us. <laughs> All right. So. It's all the same. It's different, but it's the same. Yeah. So then the two ladies. great thing for us. Okay. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Two, go. The Lord has done great things for us. Okay, without the mic. Try it again. Ready, go. The Lord has done great things for us. I need 
three more uh, treble to join her. Three ladies, come join them. Okay, it's okay. Two, go. The Lord has done great things for us. Go, better. Two, go. The Lord has done great things for us. And we. And we are filled with joy. And we are filled with and we are filled with joy. And we are filled with joy. And we are filled with joy. Yeah. Ready? Go. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy.
Now that is how some churches are. They are suffering from everybody saying something different. Instead of everybody saying that it is good, Amen. it is working, Amen. we are going to make it. Amen. We are building churches. Amen. We are giving our money. We are donating. Yeah. We are helping. Yeah. Some are saying, "You really think so? What do you hear that? What has happened? I hear that this. We hear. What do you hear that more? <laughs> <laughs> it is important for us to have a one voice. Amen. I tell you, you can be surprised that before you die, like us to be one of the largest in the world. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's possible. Amen. The Apostolic Faith Mission, which is a church, was started by uh, John G. Lake. John G. Lake. You, you'll be if we are faithful and we sing the same song, and then you can't be right. You'll be surprised that in your lifetime, then you'll be 60 years old. 40 years of doing what we are doing. Please. I said, please. <laughs> I said, please. I, I said, please. What's that? I said, please. I said, please. You, you'll be surprised. Peacefulness, singing the same. Don't try to sing a peaceful song. When you look at the people like God, I will show everybody. See, that's what Pastor Go was doing when he was coming. Singing a louder song, different language. Nobody understands what he's saying. You get what I'm saying? But it was like he's spoiling everything. We cannot do anything new. There's nothing new. I can do nothing new. From who, who has, what, what new thing am I going to do? That has not been done before. Nothing has been done before. Churches have been. That is why in coming here, I could have had a convention every night and become more famous. But I don't, I want to do what is most important to be done. That's all. That's the right thing. It's most important. I tell you, if we will be faithful, you'll be surprised. You will be very surprised. And you'll be glad that you are part of it. Yeah. You'll be glad. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I was there. I was there. At the beginning, I said, we were there. And you may advise somebody and say, look, you know, take God seriously. You don't know what it can become. Yeah, take it seriously. I don't take it lightly. I don't take it lightly at all. Because God can do great things with, with anybody who will allow himself. We have to learn to sing the same song. You see, the books that you have here, you must get the books. You must get the tapes. You must push them into the system. You must lend them to people. We must say this in every place. Let's sing the same song. Which new song are you going to sing? Which new song? There's nothing new. There's nothing new. And if we all humbly Sing, you sing your bass. If you want it to be different, let it the difference be in the bass. And the difference be that this one is tenor. And the difference be that this one is treble. That's also a difference. But don't start any new song. If you want to start a new song, step to the next room or somewhere else and sing that song over there. But don't spoil our song. 
Our song is that Jesus Christ is alive and he wants to save you and you can do well. Amen. And join the church and God will bless you as you grow in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. So faithfulness, loyalty is key. Now people don't know how loyalty is important. Now in this book, again, at the very first page, I started reading and then I saw a very surprising thing. I'll read it to you. It says, The demonic army was so large that it stretched as far as I could see. Now this is, he saw it, this is, he saw demons, a huge army of demons coming. And each demon, group of demons was carrying a different banner. The foremost divisions marched under the banners of pride, self-righteousness, respectability, selfish ambition. And there were many of these evil divisions. Now notice the weapons. The weapons carried by this horde of demons were also named. The swords were intimidation. The spears were treachery. Treachery is disloyalty in the highest form. Amen. The arrows were accusation, gossip, slander, and fault finding. <laughs> These were the weapons of, of Satan as he was marching against the church. Just these things. Gossip, slander. <laughs> this is Satan. And surprisingly, the demons, the surprising part of this was that, uh, the, de- the most shocking part of this vision was that this horde of demons was not riding on horses, but actually riding on Christians. <laughs> to gossip, to destroy the church, to spoil the church. So I realized that without knowing it, God has taken me through this thing, and I've been preaching and teaching loyalty. The first big book that I wrote was this one, Loyalty. In fact, the pastor in Devon was telling me, he said, man, that book on loyalty, he said to me that he wants me to make sure that the very next book that I have, I make sure that I send a copy to him. He said that you have no idea. And other pastors in the city. Amen. Are you there? Are you still around? Yes. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And I tell you, not knowing that I've been teaching this thing, not knowing that Satan is coming to us yeah. with those particular things coming, gossip, slander, fault-finding, treachery, disloyalty. Yes, these are the weapons. And I've also been attacking only that thing. So not knowing that his main weapon is what I've been cutting down. Yeah. That's why Lighthouse is one of the fastest growing churches yeah. in Ghana and in the world. Because I didn't even know what I was doing. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that it was his main tool that he was coming. And I was also attacking always those main. Somebody said, why are you always speaking about loyalty? I said, I don't know why, but when I start speaking about loyalty, I can't finish. The part, when I left, for instance, I was telling you this, when I left there, he, he used this book to preach for three or six months on this preaching. He said he couldn't stop. He was just holding this book and preaching. So he just, I've heard of churches that use it as a textbook. Yeah. Teaching from it. No, I, I didn't know. I, I preached in the church and I preached about loyalty. I, I put, as soon as when I put the microphone on, I, 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 I just finished. Yes, my group. And the pastor came out and he just started crying. You see, Satan's spoiling of the church is direct slander, 
it falls apart. And he's sitting on the cushion. And he's using them to talk, to say things, to gossip. Have you heard? I hear that this. What do you think about it? Is it right? What do you think? But the people, I said, I hear that this. Oh, oh okay. Mm. I wonder. Yes. <laughs> Man. False. False finding. You want to find faults? You want to find faults? Look carefully. You see lots of them. Plenty. Fault everywhere. There are faults in everything. But there are lots of good things within. You want to only look at faults. You can't even... You will not even do well in life. You will be distracted. And Satan is the one who makes you see. It's because of the demons in you. That is why you see only faults. Demons make you see only faults. The Spirit of God will let you see glory. Have you ever read about Isaiah? When he stood and he said, he was in the presence of God, he said, the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. Who else? Filled with the glory of God? Full of wars and famines and problems. You see, when you are under the influence of the right spirit and the presence of God, you will see things differently. You see the good and the glory and the creation and the beauty. But when you are under the influence of another spirit, you will see the fault and the problem and accusations and fights and this and criticize. Different spirits give you different views. Oh, yes. When he was in the presence of God, he said, the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. Because he was in the presence of God and he could see the good. But when you are out of the presence of God and under the influence of demons and evil spirits, you see fault. You accuse. You gossip. You find fault and accuse. And, and if you look closely, if you look at me, you find, but I have not had my back today. The fault. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know about you, but I haven't. How about you, friend? <laughs> I don't want to be alone. You look at the camp, you want to find fault, you can look and say, yeah, why is preaching too long, is preaching too this, and why, why are we talking about this, and it's so long, and why doesn't he move on, we've understood this point, let's go to the next point. Look, <laughs> let, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. You see, when you are under the influence of the glory of God, you will see good. You will say the whole thing is filled with the glory of God. When you are under the influence of the spirit I'm talking about in this book, you will see the fault. You will start to gossip. You start to accuse. So I'm telling, it's the spirit that makes you think and look in a certain way. Careful, <laughs> careful. God's presence will let you see that it's not as bad as you think. And so God wants you to be under the influence of His spirit, and He's attacking that thing in the church. God has told me, don't criticize. Catholic, don't criticize the Catholic or the Catholic Church. Shut! Shut! Shut, 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 up. Nobody probably has done as much as the Catholic Church. Probably no church has done as much as the Catholic Church to promote the gospel of Christ. 
only that we don't know. Eh, but why should they say that the Pope is the, the how, why should they say that the Pope is the, uh, the head of the church? Is, there, is Jesus Christ is the head of the church? Oh yeah? Oh yeah? Every church has a Pope, only they don't call him Pope. Oh yeah? <laughs> Every church has a Pope, only they don't call him Pope. Is that, ah! Uh, you know some time ago, the, the, the Catholics, they used to sell in Zambia to be saved, you have to sell. Yeah. But you go on television, you see a lot of pastors also selling the gospel. Say, pay this money and then you, you, you'll be saved, you'll be saved, you can continue to hear the word of God. It's also for sale. Almost everything that is a ritual, we have our own rituals. Almost everything the Catholic has that we are also doing. And are doing, and we don't even know that we are doing. Careful. <laughs> When you are under the influence of a right spirit, then you see, begin to feel good. One day I went far in the north of Ghana, and then I saw the only one church building, the only church building I saw throughout it was a Catholic church. I said, thank God for these people. Nobody comes here. All our big mountains, talking and so on, the only person who is here is a Catholic. If it were not for them, everybody else would be a Muslim. Careful. That's why I said that false finding Accusing gossip is another spirit altogether. Totally. So, back to our point. We are saying that reasons why we need to have loyalty in the church. Is that not so? Reason number one is what? Is what? It is a requirement. Number two, because it is a good spirit that makes you loyal. And it is an evil spirit that makes you disloyal. Amen. Is that not so? I was, that's what I was sharing with you. Under the influence of a good spirit, you see good things. Amen. If you're under the influence of a good spirit, I'm teaching you in a camp here, you will see men. I mean, we are receiving the word. Our lives are being changed. I mean, we've never had anything like this. This is what we need. The church is being built up. We are going to go out as warriors to serve the Lord. That's what you will be saying if you have a good spirit. Influencing you today. But if you are under depression, you wouldn't see it that way. Amen. Amen. Now, reason number three is to fight the fifth column within the church. What is the fifth column? Once upon a time, there was a great general who was having a, 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 a he was going to fight. And as he was going to fight, he was going to be, take up a big city like Johannesburg. And they asked him, uh, Johannesburg was covered, surrounded by a wall, a big tall wall. And they asked him, sir, how are you going to fight against this city? How are you going to win this city? You know? And what happened? The general said, I'm going to take it. And the young man said, are you going to use your bombers? And the man laughed. He said, no. I said, are you going to use your paratroopers? He said, no. Are you going to use your F-17 uh, uh, fighter planes? The man said, no. He said, what are you going to use? I said, oh. the general said, I'm going to use my... He said, I'm going to use your parachute. I said, no. What are you going to use? I'm going to use my fifth column. Fifth column? What is your fifth column? He said, I know you have only four columns, four battalions of soldiers. What is the fifth one? He said, I have got my people inside the city. In there. They will open the gates for me. They will turn off the I've given them a time. They will turn off the lights. Everybody will start fighting each other. And they will open the gate at the same time. That's the end of the city. I have them. They will block the road. 
will turn on the light, open the gate, finish. Satan is not depending on outsiders to kill us. He's depending on insiders within lighthouse to stall the church. Therefore, Satan will use somebody, pray that it will not be used. In fact, he has intended to use you. So since he's intended to use you, shake him off. I said, shake him off. Shake him off right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> Refuse to join the fault finders. Try and, see, try and see something good for a change. Please. I'm too blift. <laughs> I said, blift. Eh? The general said, the fish the people in there the worst attack I've ever had came from a pastor right near me I said me me you wouldn't want it to happen again pray about it you wouldn't want it it's like a bad dream it's like bad smell that <laughs> that, that <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's like something foul and you know when when you smell something bad you know what it means it means that particles of that thing are dissolving on your nostrils and that is how the scent comes that's how you smell smell comes by the things dissolving on your <laughs> careful Number three, to have a mega church. Number four, to have a mega, 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 mega church. How many want a mega church? How many want a mega church? We can't have, we're going to have churches all over South Africa. I want you to drive through South Africa and everywhere you drive, you see, Light Out Chapel International. Light Out Chapel International. At, uh, outside Bridge. What do you call that place? Uh, at, I'm too young. No, you are not too young. You are not too young to have sex. Oh, yeah. Careful now. <laughs> yeah. Many of you have been doing things that grown ups are supposed to do. Big, big people do things, and you are doing some. Now we don't want to start a church. And that is for uh, uh, people who are, uh, for people who are, you know, a bit uh, grown up, advanced. Advanced, advanced, and you've been doing advanced things. Other, other advanced things. Careful. <laughs> so if we're going to have a really mega church, Amen. We're going to need to have faithful people. Doctor Mills, as soon as I turn my back, what you say about me should be the same thing you say when I'm with you, direct. Otherwise, the church is not going to grow. 
I know one church, you know, the bishop or the leader or general secretary, or general secretary, or whatever. Why? Yeah, general secretary. He came. When he came to the church, the pastor of the church has told the people that when the guy comes, don't allow him to enter the church. So the guy came to his own church, and the usher stood there, sorry, he can't come in. Oh, they didn't allow him to go in. Oh, yeah. There are real rebels who will fight. You wonder what they are after? Yeah. What do you want? Hmm. Amen. All right. So you gotta to have a mega church. We must say the same thing. Amen. We must be united to fight the fifth column. Hallelujah. And the last reason to have a mega church is so that we can have love 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 how do you say love yeah but how do you say it in a Zulu or what language levato lerato uno how do you say I love you je lerato you kia kia urata kia is what I Love is such a beautiful thing. Love is a nice thing. There's a song like that, isn't it? Love is such a beautiful Yeah, love is such a beautiful thing. You know? Sheep only drink water from still waters. Careful. <laughs> if you if you went if you went towards uh, the sheep and you came to some water and you wanted to drink and you come there, come there slowly, and you see something moving, you say, Hmm, something bad. You go back. But Bible says in John 13, 4, 35, that by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. When people come to the church and they feel there's peace, it is not even any kind of excessive love, but just peace. No, there's no fight between this or between that. No one is trying to run. And we'll see who will preach. Um, there are some people who, who, want to, who want to preach to show that they are also called. We... And it's like, oh, this Sunday, I've been given the opportunity to pray, so I'm going to show them that I am called. <laughs> Reverend Saki was telling us when he was in secondary, he wanted to preach so badly. He was always looking for an opportunity to preach in the school. One day, the, the uh, person who was supposed to preach didn't come. So they used to say, well, you do like to preach in full school. That's fine. I mean, he wants to. He's ready. He's also called. <laughs> so he went up there and he started. In the name of Jesus. And he's been preaching, preaching, powerful, was preaching. And then he got to the end of the sermon. And he, he looked at the watch. <laughs> five minutes or <laughs> 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 Only five minutes ago, and he was supposed to be for forty-five minutes. 
Only five minutes was gone. Whoa! So he started again. <laughs> he started again. But as I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> After another five minutes, the sermon was finished again. Then he started again for the third time, and this time, you know, students, they said, Oh. <laughs> he had to slink away like a dog with the tail between the legs. So don't be in a hurry may not be as easy as you think you see somebody doing something it it looks just natural (laughs) careful now (laughs) amen yeah so when the sheep come and they feel that there's no competition here but rather the person who is sitting down supports the person who is up there and when after the message, this one other comes up and says good things, and he rather seems to be happy about the preaching that it was such a good message, people begin to relax in the church and feel at peace. And they settle down and they smell. They say, okay. But when the sheep comes in, he can sense the unsteadiness. I spoke to a pastor once. I asked him, where is your senior pastor? He said he's traveled. <laughs> he's traveled. <laughs> when he said he's traveled. <laughs> and I said, so where, wh- I mean, where, where has he gone to? Him? I don't know. And he went on, he said, you see, this, he told me, you see, this yes sir, master, yes sir, master. You know what yes sir, master is? Yes sir, master, sir, yes sir. So yes, sir, master, yes, sir, master. It must stop. He, he cannot just be saying yes, sir, yes, sir, to the pastor all the time. So he doesn't even need to know where he is. Then he went on, he told me. He said, you see, when he travels, there is joy in the church. He, he waved his hand and said, there is joy. <laughs> and he said, and there is liberty. And people are blessed. <laughs> At <laughs> And he went on. And he said, and when he comes back, people are annoyed. Now, if you are a member of the church and you come and you interact with somebody like this, you, you, you already begin to feel the tensions in the system. You look and you say, <laughs> this thing can easily eat me one day. Amen. Yeah. Careful. Careful. <laughs> so the sheep ran away from tension. People like love. That is why people go to weddings so much. Because love is such a beautiful thing. People, there are so many problems with marriage. Many women have no husbands, have unfaithful people all the time. Children without fathers, fathers without children, sons and daughters. <laughs> sons, sons, 
sons. You know when somebody tells you, you are the son of a thousand fathers. I once heard somebody insulting someone. He said, you are the son of a thousand fathers. And that's a very strong insult. Because it means you are not sure who is your father. There's a thousand guys. Hmm? Careful. Hallelujah. What, what am I telling you about? Weddings. A beautiful thing. And that is why in spite of all these problems, people come. You haven't yet started a wedding, but you're going to start. Lighthouse is going to be the most wedding church in Pretoria. More weddings. You will see people will come. Older people, people who are married, who are broken up, divorced, they all come happily. With joy, dressed up and everything. Why? Because and as they see the people, they know that they are going to experience the same challenges that they have gone through. But they still come. Because it's a nice thing to see. Husband and the wife, and they're wearing the dress, the white dress. Many of them shouldn't wear white dress. They should, they, you know what the white dress means? Yeah. Some should wear leopard skin dresses, not white dresses. <laughs> Careful. But anyway, forget it. Because of grace and truth. Truth and grace. You can wear the white, amen. But it's nice, it's nice. Weddings are nice. It's a nice thing. People just come. Because love is a beauty. Anything that there is love is attractive. People will come to it. That's why people come to weddings. Church is like that. If a church is full of love, people will come. Oh, I'm telling you. They'll just come. Because they come and there's peace. There's no tension. There's love. There's admiration for the pastor. You turn to a member, you ask him, how do you how do you find it? Oh, my pastor is a great man. One day, young Wicho, he came out of the church. Because he's so the church is so big, people don't even don't even know his face. Just know him. So he went in the middle of the group and he asked somebody, "Why why do you come to this church?" And the people look at him. Oh, you are new, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you are new. <laughs> and he said, "You don't know our pastor preaches the word of God. It's so powerful." We are blessed every time. You just wait, wait, we go in soon. He was just in the midst of the people asking, why, why do you come to the church? They said, we are so blue. I <laughs> 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 thought he was a new member. If you, you turn to one member, you ask the person a comment about the church. Positive. Positive. Beginning to end is positive. Not, eh, well. We are also trying to see whether we like the case. <laughs> we, are, we are just sampling the waters, you know. But you turn around. And I, I always remember that testimony, young people, but the guy was like, What? He was new. Strange. We are blessed in the church. Blessed. So love is such a beautiful thing. Many times, these days, when I preach at weddings, that's, a, that's my topic. I said, today I'm preaching about love is such a beautiful thing. Yeah, love is a beautiful thing. It's a nice thing to see. People don't come because marriage is such a nice thing. They come because love is such a nice thing. Marriage takes more than love. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> marriage takes more than love. It's love plus a whole lot of other things. That's what makes marriage possible. If it was just love, then it would be simple, much simpler than it is. But it takes more. There's a book called, there's a book by that, Marriage Takes More Than Love. Love and plus 
Amen. Are you there? Wonderful. So, we are blessed with loyalty. Amen. All right. Now, the last reason to have... How many reasons do you have? What is number one? It is a requirement. Number two is what? It is a good what? Yes, it's a good spirit. And therefore, when a person has a loyal spirit, he has a good spirit working with him. And you need only people with good spirits. You don't need people with bad spirits to be pastors or leaders. Amen. A good spirit makes you have a good view. Write it down. A good spirit makes you have a good view. And a bad spirit makes you see things in a bad light. Amen. I think I want to write it myself. Amen? Powerful. So the next one is to have a long-lasting ministry. Long-lasting ministry. And the final reason is to have a good reward. Amen. Let's stand to our feet for a moment. The last reason is to have a good reward. Last reason is to have a good reward. Long-lasting. And the last one is good reward. Amen. All right. Are you tired? It's got more energy, isn't it? We are going. This is the last lap. We're going now. When we close, we close. All right. Are you ready? All right. There's an anointing here falling over me, touching my soul. And changing my heart. There's an anointing here falling over me, touching my soul and changing my heart. My spirit and my soul, my spirit and my soul are being filled. With the power of the Holy Spirit, my life will never be the same. My spirit and my soul, spirit and my soul, are being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. My life will never be the same. There's an anointing. There's an anointing falling over me, touching my soul and changing my heart. Yeah, there's an anointing falling over me, touching my soul and Spirit of my soul, spirit of my soul, I'll be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Close your eyes for a moment and just speak to the Lord. Revelation and wisdom. 